Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We are back. It is a Monday on Fantasy Sports today. More points than you can even count in your fantasy league, not to mention some hot news with a firing of an NFL coach. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. You certainly can follow us on Twitter at Joe Pizzapia 17 at Craig Mish. That's how you get us. Sean Guastamaki, as always, producing the show. And a lot of news to get to here at the start of the show this morning. But first and foremost, Joe, hope you had a good weekend and had some fun over at the Sports Grid set up there at the FanDuel Sportsbook and Casino in New Jersey. Good to be back with you here on a Monday. It was. It was a very fun day there. Uh, a lot more fun for me than it was for the Giants who play there a little later on in the afternoon after I had left. But uh, congratulations on your Florida man win because the Gators uh, pulled one out of a hat at the end there. I did see the second half of that game. I enjoyed it immensely. I was rooting for you guys. So good job on that one. It was a, a very fun fantasy football day. Lots of big scores, lots of big performances. And I feel like we've all kind of been waiting for them. I feel like we haven't had a day like this yet. So it was really great to see uh, some point totals actually rack up for a change. And isn't it amazing if Deshaun Watson has a clean pocket, how good he can be? Isn't that fascinating, Craig? Yeah, Houston put up a lot of points yesterday, no doubt. There were a lot of points across the board virtually everywhere. I think just the really the Buffalo-Tennessee game was kind of the one game that didn't have a lot. But before we get into all that, right here at the top, Joe, the news of the day certainly is, uh, and I don't know how this will affect fantasy at all, really, but Jay Gruden, the head coach of the Washington Redskins is no more. The team started off 0-5 this season. And and look, I mean, it is a quarterback league. And when you sign Alex Smith last year like they did, they had high expectations. Joe, I don't know that Jay Gruden couldn't have done anything differently. When you're rolling out Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, Haskins, who didn't look ready, Adrian Peterson is your running back, Geis is hurt for the season. Like, I can make the case they may have actually gotten more out of this team than less, but it is now, Joe, full tank mode for Washington, just like in Miami, maybe even in Cincinnati. And that's kind of the story of the season. It's the haves and the have nots. It absolutely is. And then there's the very much haves. And I think that group is getting smaller and smaller by the minute. But last week I sat here with you and I ranted and raved about how it was a terrible decision what Jay Gruden did to pull Case Keenum from that game against the Giants. It was a winnable football game. I don't care how bad it got off to a start. To pull him in favor of the kid who wasn't prepared, knowing you couldn't play the kid next week, even if he played well against the Patriots, the whole thing was a disaster. And that's about coaching. That's about preparation and understanding, hey, if things don't go well, what's my pivot going to be? And this was a terrible job by him. And then you saw the clips floating around the Internet of him uh, with the whole, you know, smoking a little uh, on the side there at the nightclub or wherever he was. Look, I'd be smoking weed, too, if, uh, if Daniel Snyder was my owner. But the Alex Smith injury certainly, I think, was that last salvo of their opportunity to be good. 
And when that happened last year, I think everybody just kind of went, oh, you know, just this is it. And there's so many injuries, so much underperformance for the Redskins. It's not shocking. Uh, and I'm not surprised at all that this went down this uh, this Monday. Yeah, and, and he'll resurface next year as an offensive coordinator and be a very good one, I would guess, for another team. I agree. Year. I agree. Yeah, there was just not much that he could do. And uh, look, I mean, again, you've, you, you lose guys, you lose Alex Smith. That's two of your most important offensive players. And then your most offensive important player is not playing in Trent Williams. So I, I just, there was no shot for Jay Gruden to succeed this year. And you were surprised because you thought he would make it to the end of the year when we were talking about this last week, right? Uh, yeah, I guess I don't really remember, but if I said it, then yeah, then, um, then yeah, I just, I'm, I don't, know, I don't, I don't know yeah. why I think maybe the off the field stuff got him here. I don't, I don't know, but what, what is the point? Like what, what's Bill Callahan who hasn't coached an NFL, hasn't been an NFL head coach since what? I don't even know. It's going to take a long time, yeah. <laughs> a long time. So I, I just don't know. Uh, but yeah, the pointless, I suppose, but, uh, you know, either way, it's just, there's, it, I, I just don't think it can anyone win there. Can anyone win in Washington? I mean, if Alex Smith was healthy and they drafted guys and he was healthy and Trent Williams was playing, I, I don't think they'd go 0 and 16, which is they have a shot to go 0 and 16 this year. But I mean, this was a franchise that when we were younger, which is not that long ago, everybody, but long enough, was one of the franchises in the NFL. Of course. Was, yeah, but, uh, but not that long ago, not that long ago, they drafted Robert Griffin the third. And well, they had that little hick, yeah, when they had Shanahan there, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't know what happened. They just they just completely fell apart. Oh, I, I know I what thought, happened. I remember Robert Griffin got Shanahan out of there. <laughs> that's a shame. I, I thought that they had a good thing going at that time and some decent receivers too, and they just uh, they just fell apart. It's just uh, that's what happened. So uh, I am I'm not surprised, but I just don't see how anything will change here. And and again, I I think Gruden's a good coach. I think he'll end up being a good offensive coordinator. Very, very tough situation to be put into when your starting quarterbacks are Keenum and McCoy to start the year. That's it. Uh, yesterday in fantasy, there were a lot of big stars, a lot. But I don't know that anybody shined brighter than Christian McCaffrey and Aaron Jones, who now appear to be, I mean, I don't know if you have to re-rank them the rest of the season. I think McCaffrey's number one. There's no question about that. But Aaron Jones, Joe, has moved himself into an elite position wherever he was being drafted in early drafts. He certainly is an RB1 the rest of the way. The question is, how high do you have him at? Is he top five guy now going forward? Uh, Look, Jones is that guy that I thought was, um, and this is, uh, you know, Mike Taglier and uh, Fantasy Pros and I disagree on a lot of players. We have a lot of heated debate back and forth, but Jones is the one guy we agreed on that had an opportunity if the carries kept coming his way properly, that he could end up in that low end first round next year. And I think that with Jamal Williams out, obviously in this one, that certainly helped his scenario to have all these touchdowns. And I, and I think that this is what the green Bay Packers want to be. They want to play defense. They want to run the football a little bit more. And it was a fantastic effort by him and some great goal line efforts too, by him to, to get in the end zone too. I mean, he, that's the thing about him. He's tenacious. He's ferocious when he runs. And when he smells the goal line, he, he knows where it is and he's ready to go get it. And I, he's got that other gear in him that some running backs, frankly, just don't. And Christian McCaffrey, I mean, it's just his world and we're living in it right now. I, I mean, unbelievable season so far for him against the Jaguars, who many out there still believe are, is a very, you know, at least in the upper tier defense, if not one of the better ones. And Christian McCaffrey just makes everybody look like they're <laughs> like playing on slow. I mean, just incredible. Now, I know at the end of that game, you know, a little uh, injury came out of that game, didn't return. But still, what a fantasy day and what a season so far for McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah. And look, as Ron Rivera said, going into the season, Joe, he's going to get less carries, less touches. And they're going <laughs> to reduce, uh, reduce his workload. That's that's exactly what's playing so what happens the previous year when he came in and he said, we're going to up Christian McCaffrey. He's going to a lot more carries, a lot more stuff. And he was telling the truth then. Yeah, no, you just can't believe anybody. Uh, any any <laughs> well, coach thing, that says I'll, anything. I'll he's, he's going a lot of touchdowns that aren't necessarily at the goal line this year. He's having these breakaways for like 20, 30 yards, like in that game yesterday, where – 
you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you just give him the ball. He finds the end zone. He's been great. It's, and this, this backup that they have, too. One. I got to grab this backup that they have in some of these leagues, too. If anything would happen, that kid looked great. Bonahan. I had never heard his. Yeah. I had never heard of this guy until yesterday. There's a lot of guys showing up yesterday. We've never heard of. No. Lot, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, and, and I'm playing in dynasty leagues and I never heard of that guy. So, all right, we'll take a, a short time out here. We're off and running on fantasy sports today. Coming up next. We've got the opening drive. Let me set you up for throughout the day. We'll have a baseball preview, by the way, four games again today here on Monday and then a fifth if you include Monday Night Football. So plenty to talk about. Uh, Up next, we will hit the opening drive. Then we'll dive into some of the best offensive games in fantasy of the day. Packers, Cowboys, certainly Saints, Buccaneers, another one. And then, of course, Panthers, Jaguars. Those were the three main ones. And then, uh, you know, Texans, Falcons, a bunch of offensive games as we go. And we'll have a preview, of course, of tonight's Monday night game. The spreads change significantly. Although anything that I would tell you is going to happen tonight will probably be incorrect. It was a brutal, brutal weekend for me with the picks. Absolutely terrible. Worst week of the year so far. So a lot to get to here on the show. Coming up next, it's the opening drive. It is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia. We'll take a quick time out here on the show. And we will be back with more, including the opening drive. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First Play from Scrimmage, The Opening Drive. The first play of the game. And welcome back. It is the opening drive here on Fantasy Sports Today, our first one as we dive into the month of October. A lot to get to here on this Monday, so let's get it started here. We got plenty of NFL, of course, on this show. I want to start off our first down on the opening drive with a little baseball, Joe, because we definitely saw one super exciting game yesterday as the Braves come back to beat the Cardinals after one of those epic games pitched by Adam Wainwright, who all of a sudden just rekindled some of that World Series fever that he had in 2006. Yeah, it was that long since he won that 2006 World Series. But he looked awesome yesterday, but their bullpen just came in and blew it. And then the Dodgers crushed the Nationals, and, and they end up, again, hitting home runs, scoring a lot of runs. And now the pressure is certainly on them today, Joe. If they don't win, it's over. Yeah, I would agree with that sentiment. And, you know, I was all jazzed up. I was ready to have a good day. And then you had to mention Adam Wainwright in 2006 to me, and now I'm immediately depressed. And all I can think of is Carlos Beltran looking at yeah. it. Yeah, yep, yep. Hang a curveball right there. Just just uh, let it drop in there. And don't, let's not swing on three and two. Let's not protect the plate at all or anything like that. But yeah, so Adam Wainwright's still doing things. That's uh, that's terrific. That's great. But uh, good for him. Good for him. I did catch the two Yankee games. And I don't know, man. I, I was going to ask you about this one. What was the reasoning of starting that kid? And this is not like a hindsight 2020. This was a, I don't understand they have enough starting pitchers on their team. What happened? Was there a flu bug? What was going on where that guy was taking them out in Yankee Stadium after you're down 
uh, 0-1 already in that series. I think I think that they are saving their best for home. I think that the only shot that they have is to get this thing tied 2-2. I don't think that they thought they had a shot. I mean, I guess that's the only what reason. What a terrible for message to send to your team. We don't have a shot to win again. Nah, it's not. A, they're not going to say that. You know, it's just a matter of their best chance to win is going to be in the park that they were so good in all season long. And it was very evident after game one that they were up against it in game two. I'm, I'm supposing, but what do I know? I, mean, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just, geez, like, it's just brutal. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I don't know, man. All right. Uh, so that's uh, first down. Second down. Let's start off with the best receiver of the day in fantasy and that was Amari Cooper oh him an apology for sure for this season 226 more yards for him he was an absolute monster and a loss to Green Bay and Cooper is emerging Joe and even dropped the ball too in this game but he's he's emerging as I don't know one of the top five receivers in the NFL it's got to be and uh, I got to say that going into the season I did not think that would be the case but his numbers are you could stack them up against anybody in the NFL right now Oh, yeah, they've certainly been very good. I mean, it was a banner day for some wide receivers, too. Will Fuller had himself a day as well, so did Michael Thomas. But, uh, it, look, Amari Cooper in this one, certainly a great stat line. But all that matters is that L for the Cowboys. This is brutal. A couple big picks there for Dak. This team, uh, you know, Green Bay jumped on him early, and Dak made a lot of mistakes. And you could just tell, like, just the air was out with those mistakes. They tried to get back in it. And um, those games are always entertaining. Whenever you have Green Bay go into Dallas, I always feel like there's a lot of heat in that kind of game. So I'm not surprised at the kind of game it was. But great job by Amari Cooper in this one. But this is also vintage Amari Cooper. Really has these huge games. We'll see now how the Cowboys perform going forward because so far early in the year against the weak Giants team, very good. Against the Dolphins, very good. Then they play uh, the Saints and uh, not so good on the road. And last with this Past Sunday here, they play at home against the Packers. Not so good. So maybe the Cowboys just ain't as good as they thought they were. Amari Cooper, Joe's on pace for 90 catches, 1,300 yards, and 12 touchdowns. You're still... That's a not- great... I mean, a tremendous. I, and, I'll, and I'll be there with you, taking the bath on Amari Cooper. I You're have just zero not ready shares. Yet? You're not ready yet? Uh, to what, anoint him? No, I mean, you can. You can, but I'm just saying I, I'm, I'm out on Amari Cooper. You were out. We were both out, so we can... Um, admire from afar together and uh, we can definitely say together we were wrong on this one but let's see how it goes let's see if he shuts down for a month and doesn't give you much let's see if they pivot to a heavier dose of Ezekiel Elliott and the targets don't come as readily as they have been so we'll see but so far you can definitely check that one in the wrong box for sure yeah I mean he looks amazing it doesn't look like anybody can cover him all right third down Josh Jacobs against the Bears this was one of those weird games yesterday Uh, I did not uh, this was one of those games where I took the Bears and honestly, they had a chance right there at the end to cover that thing. They had a reverse fumble, but Jacobs looked so good. And that was the most impressive I've seen him all season long. And it was arguably against a, the best defense or one of the best defenses in the NFL. And this is more of a question for me to see where he goes from there, because this was the first time that I watched him all season long and thought, OK, there's uh, there's really something here. So I'm wondering if, if this is indeed the case the rest of the way. I certainly hope so, because that would change my mind on him for sure. Uh, a tremendous effort by him, but also a great job by the offensive line. They put a lot of hats on Khalil Mack in this uh, game, especially when they got into the red zone, which allowed Jacobs to run all over the place. And uh, so a great job by the O-line. They really went after specifically Khalil Mack, and you have to. And they did, and they were able to give him a little fits. Now, Khalil Mack still made some plays in this game. Uh, you know, let's, let's not uh, get crazy. But at the same point, a great outing for Josh Jacobs. He looked fantastic. You gotta love the workload too. That's what you want. Twenty-six carries for one twenty-three, two touchdowns. That's what I'm talking about. And I'll tell you what: if the Raiders, the Raiders have two wins in a row here in games where I didn't give them a shot in in Indianapolis to win, they won. I did not give them a shot against the Bears at all, and they won. All of a sudden, this young team is buying in a little bit. And I think if they're going to be successful the rest of the year, 
it's going to have a lot to do with how well Jacobs played. Tyrell Williams, not a factor in this game, but you look at the schedule ahead for the Raiders here, Craig. Now, they're going to go uh, next Sunday. Actually, no, they're on a bye, right? Because of the uh, because they were in London. So they're on the bye this week. Then they come back for the Packers. Then they go to Houston again. So two road games in a row. Then they're home against the Lions, Chargers, Bengals, Jets. So pretty good schedule there after, you know, Packers a little tough there. But a- after that, Chargers, Jets, Bengals, there's a lot of Josh Jacob opportunity here where if you own him right now, Josh Jacobs, you are very excited about what's coming here as we get into the thick of end of October, beginning of November. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense that they didn't give him carries earlier in the season. Maybe there was something to it. They wanted him to block better. I don't know. But well, do you think it was that or just not wanting again, just letting the kid get comfortable? I mean, it is a faster paced game. There's a lot going on. I don't on. I don't know the answer, but I liked yeah. what I saw yesterday and I agree that I would I would have to feel really good about it for sure. Now, in terms of the Raiders wins and losses, that I that I have no prediction on because uh, uh, figuring out what the Raiders are going to do on a week to week basis is one of the more impossible tasks that I find in the NFL. But if if this kid is going to average just 20 touches a game, that's going to change a lot. He only had 10 two weeks ago. It made no sense to me. But uh, you draft a running back in the first round, and you, you got to use a guy like that. And, and I think that was a big, big coming out party for him yesterday, certainly against the Bears. Came yeah. out a couple of times with an injury in this game, a shoulder injury, left shoulder. And I want to see what's going to happen today because they basically took him to the locker room, brought him back, took him out again. So I'm not 100% sure of his health. but you're uh, It's an elbow, actually, is what they're saying. Elbow. Okay, so yeah. It looked, it looked a little bit of confusion or something like that. Yeah, yeah look. No, it was more than that. The good news is he's got a bye next week. So That's the key, yeah. yeah. That's, but it looked, it looked like a dislocation. It was weird. But but uh, we'll, we'll get some updates on that. My guess is that he would be on the injury report this week. But again, with him and not playing yeah. well, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, uh, this was an interesting story I saw yesterday for our fourth down. A 98-pound python was caught in Florida. Now, these were professional people who... I guess somebody spotted it and they told them to go take it and remove it. But uh, 98 pounds and Joe, I don't want to get anything near anywhere near this thing. But uh, scary to think that these things are, are roaming around in Florida. You know, I used to think that living in New York, it was like a million ways to die. And, and, and it's true. In New York, there are. There's definitely. I thought it was always one of those places where it's it's just anything could happen. Someone, you know, construction accident. You're walking under one of those scaffolds subway crazy people terrorism i mean there's a million ways in new york city food poisoning god knows you can eat something off one of those trucks god knows it'll kill you instantly but then i've spent a lot of quality time with you craig and i've spent a lot of time digging deep into the stories that uh, make up florida and you're nuts you need to pick up this family of yours if you truly love them and you need to move you need to move somewhere uh less maybe montana it seems like that's a little bit more wide open i don't know (laughs) i don't know but you are you're a dangerous man maybe that's it maybe you just like the danger you're kind of like a chuck norris uh, could be could be yeah i never thought of myself as danger mish but yeah could be danger mish oh that's a good hashtag danger mish can we get that trending literally coach danger mish literally coach by day yeah, Python catching by Assassin night. Assassin by night. Yeah. A lot of things happened in Florida. That was a weird one yesterday to what see. What happened though. after the W in Florida? Like, did people go crazy in that win or what? Well, it's it's not. It's like it's like asking you uh, what happened with the Red Sox when the Yankees win. That's how far away it is. It's so. I mean, it's not it's oh, like okay. being in another country. Okay, let me say, let me rephrase. What happened in your house? Was there a lot of? I was pumping? happy. Yeah, yeah. I, I was very happy. But uh, yeah, I mean, Gainesville is it's. It's the equivalent of you driving to West Virginia, basically. You know? <laughs> well, that's Florida is a huge state, you know, like it's just. It's, oh, no, I, you know, I just, you know, I met with your gang with my. With, yeah, I mean, I'm getting texts and, and going on about it. It's great. But again, we got to beat LSU this week now. It's even a harder, 
harder game. They got to go to LSU and they're 13 point underdogs. I mean, that, well, they, that's, that's what the good, SEC man. is. It, it did. It looks to me. Look, they've had good luck against SEC uh, and especially against LSU recently. They shut down Knicks completely. So I was very excited. No doubt. I hope they continue. All right. Coming up next, we'll start diving into the game capsules. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. The Monday Replay. Help you get number. The Monday Replay. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Well, why not use the most accurate projections in fantasy football? That's right. Fantasy Pros has independently rated Daily Roto the number one most accurate projection system to start the 2019 fantasy football season. Let the most accurate projections in DFS take you to the next level. Save 10% with the promo code ACTION and you can become Daily Roto's eighth Daily Fantasy Millionaire. Head over to DailyRoto.com and put a slash in there and then add premium to the end and you can learn more. Again, that's dailyroto.com slash premium. Promo code ACTION for your 10% discount on the most accurate DFS projection system you can get. Dailyroto.com, where millionaires are made. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today as we start to dive into some of the game capsules, which included yesterday's game between the Packers and Cowboys. And yes, the Packers won this game. And yet another game that I watch, and I wonder how they do it, because it seemed to me more of an indictment on Dallas than positive on Green Bay. But let's start off with the Packers taking nothing away from Aaron Jones, who rushed for four touchdowns, 107 yards, and 75 receiving yards, the best game of his career for sure. They didn't need Aaron Rodgers. He only threw for 238, no touchdowns. And a quiet day from all the wide receivers on Green Bay, including Allison, including Marquez Scantling, and including Jimmy Graham. Just not much happening. All they did was run the ball, give the ball back to Dallas, and what happened? Every time they got the ball back, Dak Prescott would throw a pick. He threw three on the day yesterday. His fantasy numbers will look great. His reality numbers were not. But in fantasy, do we care? Probably not. 463 yards and two touchdowns. It's a huge fantasy day, but a lot of mistakes in the game. Mari Cooper was an absolute monster in this one, over 200 yards. Michael Gallup also had a great game, 7 for 113 and a touchdown. And Ezekiel Elliott, solid, not spectacular. He'll have some of those spectacular games eventually. 62 yards and a touchdown. Also had some receiving yards to go along with it as well. He'll grade out as a RB1 at the end of the year for sure. So uh, for me, Joe, really good uh, running game on on the uh, Packers side. They just don't need Aaron Rodgers to do his thing. And better yet, they didn't need Devontae Adams at all in this game. A huge win for them going into Dallas and winning. It was. You know, Ezekiel Elliott really needs some of those monster games, though. I think if if Dallas is going to be successful, it's going to be on the back of Ezekiel Elliott. And and I just – I don't think that this is a team that's going to have Super Bowl aspirations by letting Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper kind of be the focal point of the offense. And I'm not saying that that's kind of where it's trending, but they have to figure out a way to get Ezekiel Elliott more action here. 
in this game last week too. Same kind of thing where it was just Ezekiel Elliott just didn't really pop in this one. He had the touchdown that kind of saved his fantasy day, but 12 carries is just not enough. The two catches, not enough. He's got to touch the football more because that wears out defenses. And I think whenever you have to chase Ezekiel Elliott around, especially as the game starts to get later, it works in your favor. And the fascinating thing that you pointed out and you said was they really didn't need Aaron Rodgers. And it's funny, they do in a way because they need Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is very good at hitting the open guy, making the right play, making the right read, and not making mistakes. I think that's what we all look at Aaron Rodgers as. But the definition of Aaron Rodgers as a fantasy stud, I need. we need to put that to rest. We need to put that to bed because that's it. It's over. You saw it start to happen last year a little bit in the second half too, especially when Aaron Jones kind of emerged. But now that the defense has played so well, now that you can tell that they can run the football and move the football that way, and then let Aaron Rodgers just pick and, and pick apart defenses, I'm telling you, Aaron Rodgers as the fantasy QB1 high end, oh my God, we're going to reach for Aaron Rodgers. Those days are long gone. That's not who the Packers are. And they're a better version of the Packers, even though Aaron Rodgers is a worse version of a fantasy quarterback. Yeah, and, and again, if Jones gets stopped at all on first down uh, near the goal line, then Rodgers throws two touchdowns. So I'm not completely off him. But no, but even right. if he threw two touchdowns at the goal line, where are we at? We're at like 245 no, he's, and he's two not, touchdowns. Which is, he's you know, not. He, the 300-yard games are are not going to be the, the thing we see very often. That's where I'm yeah, getting probably, at. Probably not. He's probably not a top... He's probably not a top five or six fantasy quarterback anymore, and he has been for the last 10 years. So, yeah, I he can't be because the style of quarterback plays change so much with Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, these guys who run and they get points that way. The way that we get fantasy points from our quarterback is evolving and it makes it harder for the pocket passer to kind of compete unless they have the big 280 kind of average. That's that's the point I'm making here. All right, uh, let's move on to another 55-point game. This was the Saints and the Buccaneers, and boy, Teddy Bridgewater is has been fantastic for the Saints. A huge game for him again. Four touchdowns, 314 yards. There's a chance that, looking back on this now, Bridgewater ends up being the number one pickup in fantasy football so far this year. That's the way it appears. Alvin Kamara... 62 rush yards, 42 receiving yards, six catches. Not a huge game, but at least he gave you some value there. Michael Thomas is obviously Bridgewater's go-to guy, and there isn't even anyone else. I don't know why they're not covering him more. 11 catches, 182 yards, and two touchdowns. So the Saints with a a monster game, and without Breeze, it just hasn't even mattered. So give them all the credit in the world. And by the way, in a lot of the odds places, they've moved up in terms of the Super Bowl. Their odds are just shooting up right now because they'll get Breeze back in a couple weeks, and and uh, Teddy B on a one-year deal is going to get a starting quarterback gig somewhere, I would think, next year. It uh, might even be New Orleans. I mean, it, Breeze could call it quits after. It's possible. If they go and they win the Super Bowl, it, it would not shock maybe, me if he just hung it up. Maybe, maybe. I mean, Bri- Bridgewater, Bridgewater turned down the Dolphins. He could have came here and started. Smart move. Everyone questioned him. <laughs> remember, Teddy Bridgewater's from here. He's from South Florida. I turned, know. But- turned it all down. And and I would think he'll take the money. Look, he kind of did a Foles, you know. Foles uh, did an extra year as a backup, and I think that Bridgewater did an extra year as a backup now. But I think next year, <laughs> there's going to be eight teams that are going to need a quarterback, and he's got to get a good starting gig and get money. Uh, maybe Tampa Bay is one of those spots. Winston came back down to earth, 204 yards and two touchdowns. He was solid, but not spectacular. Uh, so much for Ronald Jones. Okay, all right, that was fun. One week. 35 no, rushing yards. one week. You go back, it was three of the four weeks where he had 14.75 average. Now, that's pretty good. We'll take that as an RB2. This was a bad week for him. You can't just yeah. say well, it's not fair. That's not yeah. what the game log says. 
Go look yeah. at the game log and then tell me it's one week. It's not. Ronald Jones on the season <laughs> has a total of one touchdown. I'm not talking about the totals. You said one good week, and I don't think that's accurate. If we graded everybody on whether or not they scored a touchdown, that's not really fair because a lot of things have to go right for that. I'm saying is the workload outside of the Thursday night game where he got hurt was basically an average of 14 attempts and 75 yards, and that's pretty good, especially nowadays. So so they've played five games in the NFL this year, right? That's that right. And Ronald Jones has 270 yards and a touchdown on the season, which is less than 60 right. yards a game. And one touchdown, which is basically 25% of a touchdown per game, and he's an RB2? 19 for 70, 14 for 80, 13 for 75. The four for nine, he got hurt, and he came out of that game. And then this game was a bad game. So two, uh, three of the five games, one of them is an incomplete uh, on one of them. And yesterday was bad, but I don't think we want to just hang all on him like he wasn't good the entire he season. Was, he, 13. I think his season is going to come nowhere near an RB2. And if you want your running backs for the rest of the year, Joe, to get 50 yards and no touchdowns in each game, then you can have that with Ronald Jones. But he's getting he's 75 yards a game. And I'm just Joe, he's got 270 saying. yards on the season in five games. I understand. Because <laughs> two games, like, he had one bad game and he had a game he was hurt. That counts. I, mean, I can say the same about Saquon Barkley. All of a sudden, like, he sucks now, too. And at the end of the season, he's not going to grade out as an RB1 because he missed a lot of games. Absolutely. I don't want to grade out the- guys after five weeks in that way. I don't think that's the that's season is fair. almost halfway over in fantasy. Goodwin was good, though. Godwin, <laughs> I should say. His name is Godwin. Sure. Um, OK, so uh, Peyton Barber scored yesterday for some reason. Not sure why he did. So if you played him, you got lucky there. Uh, Godwin seven for 125 and two touchdowns. And so he has become a fantasy monster at this point. And fortunately, I've got that guy in one league and I still lost anyway, but whatever. Uh, Mike Evans, no points, no catches. Feel free to explain that one. Uh, Sure, I can explain in two words. Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, I watched the breakdown of Marshawn Lattimore just all over him. I mean, every route and wherever he ran, Marshawn Lattimore was a step ahead of him. He's like he he studies more than most corners. He knew exactly what Evans wanted to do, exactly what Tampa wanted to do. And he just shut him down. And this is a perfect buy low. And I'm sure he's going to be on my list this week to buy low on Evans because the Evans owner had that huge week and then it was okay. And then another goose egg. And the frustration level, I'm sure, is through the roof. But you can hang a frustration on the fact Marshawn Lattimore is probably one of the top three, if not the best cover corner in the game right now. So, I mean, go back. I just watched the footage before the show this morning. I watched it and it was brilliant. Marshawn Lattimore was absolutely just shut him down one on one, too. Wasn't like he had a lot of help. This was one-on-one coverage, and that was it. Yeah, it's 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 been a frustrating season for Evans' owners, no doubt, because he had the one huge game, and I don't know. Like it looks like Godwin is emerging as the favorite target of Winston, and if indeed that is the case, at the end of the season, Godwin Joe is going to be a wide receiver one. He already is. I mean, the way that his stats, at least through five games, have popped up. And and the, the positive thing for me is Tampa Bay's in, inability to run the ball means more passing yards for a lot of these guys. And so I think that will continue to show up the rest of the season. I don't think Tampa is a good team. I don't think that they're an average of scoring 30 points a game team, but the Saints defense is great. And they Look, Evans great has Dallas two games left. against the Falcons left on the schedule. He's got the Seahawks. He's got uh, the Cardinals. So there, there's some matchups here on the schedule where if you buy low on Evans, it's a good move. Hopefully, hopefully again, we're 40 percent of the season in fantasy football is done. 
I mean, there are people that are one and four sitting there with Evans right now going, scratching their head going. And oh, that's man. why you go by low on them because you can because they're panicked and they don't see the forest of the trees. Well, we'll see. Not everybody that not everybody turns out that way, Joe. Maybe this guy will. We'll see. That's not a guarantee. I would not say that as a guarantee. The way that Godwin is playing and look, I'll give the credit to the Saints and Lattimore certainly played well. I watched that game yesterday, but. The, there was not a lot of looking toward, uh, not a lot of targets, by the way. Looking, no, maybe, because maybe that's time, you, well, I'll tell you what, the NFL Network and the Highlight Reel, they do a great job on that where they break down these things. And they showed a series of probably about, I would say, seven or eight uh, at times where it's just Lattimore one-on-one. There he is just step-by-step step, wherever Evans turns, he's there. And it was just, there was no space. It was unbelievable to watch. He's got one more game against the Saints coming up too in a couple of weeks. But the rest of the matchups are pretty favorable, so I think it's an opportunity for Evans. Hopefully so. We'll take a short time out here on Fantasy Sports Day. When we come back, it's time to dive into Minshew Mania. How did he do against the Carolina Panthers? Also, 85 points scored between the Texans and Falcons. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe with you, and we will be right back after this. DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. As I looked this morning in the FanDuel Sportsbook to see what the new odds were on Gardner Minshew's uh, chances to win the Rookie of the Year, it's currently off the board. So these will be posted in a couple days. I'm guessing that they want to readjust these after the weekend. So let's start with that. Uh, Pan- and, and we'll get into those odds in here in just a minute. But let's start off with the Panthers and Jaguars. Christian McCaffrey. What's left to be said about the number one player in all of fantasy? And no one, and there's not even a second for me. Not nope, even a second. You're right. So far ahead. Three more touchdowns, 176 rushing yards, six for 61 on the ground. Uh, Kyle Allen didn't really need to do much. He threw for 181 and a touchdown. So that was acceptable in my guillotine league. Get into that in a minute, too. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, just to give you a little bit of preview, unbelievable week in the guillotine league. We're, we're moving on. Uh, so more <laughs> six for 91 and then Bonifan. Okay. All right. This is a guy I got to pay attention to a pretty good handcuff. It looks like if you own McCaffrey, you got to grab this guy Bonifan this week. He's going to be on my waiver list. No doubt. All right. So now to Minshew, 374 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, so on paper, great fantasy game, great reality game. That's go. This game is going to help us in our wager of him winning the rookie of the year. But I will say this. He gave the game away. Really bad fumble at the end of the game by him. Really big mistake by him at the end of the game. But let's hope that nobody watched 
And they just look at the numbers, and the numbers were really good. 374 and two touchdowns. Uh, Leonard Fournette, 108 on and, and a touchdown on the ground. I'm going to be wrong about him this year, too. I think he's going to be good. And then DJ Chark. Wow. Like Jacksonville just has a new number one every year in fantasy, whether it's Robinson or Hearns or Marquise Lee or or any of these guys that they play every year. This this year, it's DJ Chark, and he looks great. I mean, he Fantastic. looked amazing yesterday. Fantastic. Eight for 164 and two touchdowns. So um, I'm still feeling good about Minshew, Joe. I, I, I think that he's going to move up a little bit. Uh, Kyler Murray obviously won his game yesterday. We'll get into him in a minute. And Josh Jacobs was the other one that was ahead of him. But I think that the Minshew narrative will continue on. And I'm guessing that uh, he'll be about three to one when these odds open back up on Tuesday or Wednesday when they post them. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. And uh, I'll be right there with you. Um, I avoided Leonard Fournette everywhere because the injury risk was just too high for the ADP for me, for my taste. And it wasn't a matter of I don't like the talent. It was a matter of I don't like the talent at the cost. And I think that's something everybody has to be aware of. And look, it's been very, very good for him. Uh, and I think when you all look at Minshew's resume, too, when you look at these games that he had on the road, Denver, back to back on the road, Carolina, if you told me he split, if I told you he was going to split those games, you'd take that, right? You'd be like, hey, hey, you get a uh, win and loss here. You absolutely take that and you run, especially if I told you in one of the games you're going to throw for 375. Okay, you'll take that in the resume. I think that's really good. And DJ Sharp, man, wow, does this guy look fantastic. He really does. And I'll tell you why I kick myself because in a lot of leagues, he wasn't picked up after week one because nobody bought into it, including me. And then I had to pay double the following week, but I'm glad I paid double because this guy's just been tremendous. Yeah, I should walk that back with Bridgewater early in the show saying he was the number one pickup. I think Chark is the number one pickup so far this year. I, I need to correct myself on that because he's been probably true. He's been fantastic. And Waller's cl- in wide that receiver one too. Wall- oh, yeah. Waller has yeah. had some great games. Yeah, he's been great too. So, uh, but uh, Jacksonville could have won this game. Uh, I mean, look, they couldn't stop McCaffrey and then a late Bonifant touchdown really put it away. But I would not be down on Jacksonville at all. Uh, it I was love Bonifant. Doesn't it sound like a uh, an 80s hair metal band? You I have know, no like, idea who this guy is. Man. No Opening clue who this guy scorpions. is. Like I was waiting. I was waiting for Jonathan Stewart or D'Angelo Williams to come in in this game. You know, I'm pretty sure it was like Metallica, Scorpions and Bonifant. Who is this guy? Together. I don't know, but he's he rocks. <laughs> got to pick him up. If you own McCaffrey, you got to own this guy starting now. I think so. All right. Uh. Texans Falcons. Okay, so, uh, so <laughs> oh, why were the Falcons getting five? It was a terrible line. Falcons win. All right, so now we know it's over. So that was a bad, bad call. One of the picks that I thought this week would come in. Absolutely nowhere close. Terrible pick. And the Texans beat them 53-32. to 32. So evidently, Joe, as you said last week, the defense is not good. And not and and by the way, you were wrong. They're not just not good. They're horrible. Like this is the worst. Like this <laughs> I don't is. Know. This I is, called them with guys who were trying to play flag football in the secondary. This I is, this that is, was pretty indicting. I, I'm just. I was shocked watching this game. Honestly, oh, I was shocked watching the defensive backs. I don't know what happened. Their DBs are the worst in what football, happened? and the secondary is worse. They've always been bad. But the problem, guess, the thing oh was, they got. They've always been bad. They were go back to the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and look how they collapsed in that game. It, it, they are that bad. The only reason that game in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago was as tight as it was because Brady threw a pick six, and and when that pick six happened, the, the that was a huge swing because that was a drive, and all of a sudden you got seven the other way, and it was crazy. But this is not new. It's gotten worse over the years too. It's gotten worse than it was two or three years ago, even. 
It, it's just stunning that the game plan from a team could come in and say, we're going to throw on you, and they couldn't even do anything to stop it. Uh, it's amazing. But uh, Watson, 426 and five touchdowns, and that that's the top quarterback fantasy day of the week for sure. Uh, Carlos Hyde ended up scoring in this one. Everybody scored. He had 60 uh, rushing yards. Will Fuller, I don't know Woo. where this came from. Fourteen well, Kenny catches. Stills was inactive. That helped. Yeah, I guess, but. 217 yards, three touchdowns. He'll, he'll end up burning everyone this week. Go ahead and start Will Fuller. Good luck with that. Um, Hopkins, again, they covered. They they were just doubling him most of the day. That's the smart way to go about it. I'm, I'm getting worried about him. They're just not, they, you know, uh, Watson is having to go other places. And so this is now three weeks in a row. Although I would say that he ended up doing okay, but a very quiet first half. Um, okay, for Atlanta... Their their season is over, obviously, but Matt Ryan, 330. We care about fantasy and a touchdown. Devontae Freeman still can't run, but he did catch a long pass and scored a touchdown. So he'll, uh, he'll, he did okay yesterday. Ridley, 5 for 88 and a touchdown. Julio, super quiet. Hooper came back down to earth. Decent game for him if you started him. Uh, but the moral of the story is at this point, if I'm Atlanta, Joe, and they just did, they locked up Julio, and that's good. Well, beyond yeah. that, th- this is a team that I would that if I was the Falcons organization heading toward the trade deadline, this is one of those few teams that I would circle and say, "Hey, what can we get rid of, and how can we get any picks? Because we're not going anywhere this year." Yeah, and grading Devonta Freeman right now, you have to do it in full PPR and say you're getting 70 yards, five catches, and a touchdown. So 70 all-purpose yards, I should say, somewhere around that. And that's that's a terrific day. That's a 17-point day. Sign me up. Where do, where do I get a 17-point day for my running back? Absolutely, I'll sign it. It doesn't look great, especially on the rushing side, but you'll take it. The most important stat in this game is zero. Zero sacks on Deshaun Watson. This is the difference. If you find a way to keep Deshaun Watson in a clean pocket, you are going to win football games. And if this is the beginning of that cycle, now granted, it's the Falcons defense. They're terrible. But if this is the beginning of that cycle, Craig, it's going to be a very exciting run. And uh, Hopkins is another buy low because he's too good of a talent. This was one of those games where Fuller was the guy. He was open all the time because everybody was double coverage. And now that Fuller caught a bunch of touchdown passes, people are going to have to account for him. And when they do, things will start rolling back the other way in the second half. And look, it's a second half play right now, but it's a second half play I think I would take. And if I'm a 500 team or where are we here after week five here, you're two and three and you have Hopkins, I think you have to stay the course and hope it gets better because you're not going to win by trading him. No, no. And I and I have more faith in Hopkins than Evans on Tampa for sure. I, I think eventually oh, I it'll come that, around. Sure. It's just, it's just uh, look, the winning recipe has been uh, letting teams trying to eliminate him from the game and somehow... Yeah. Falcons are dead. You said win. it. You're right. Falcons are dead. You nailed it. That's yeah, it. like I don't think anybody would want Freeman, but that would be the first player that I would look to deal if I could and see if anybody wants a running back. But what's his value right now? Well, it was good to see Ridley bounce back a little bit too because he's been frustrating. I don't, so he's so young. I don't think that they would trade him. I, 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 oh, honestly, no, no, no. no. Yeah, in terms of trade, I don't even know that they have... Look, Julio's not getting uh, traded. Sanu could deal. help a team. Mohamed Sanu is a nice receiver. He could help all he could help a team out anywhere, I think. He really fits in well anywhere, I think. Well, they have to start thinking about that because their season is over and I'm not picking them the rest of the year. All right. Uh Cardinals beat the Bengals 26 to 23. The uh the Cardinals went up big in this one, and then the Bengals came back. They always seem to come back. Weird. Uh, but they're 0-5. Uh, Murray, 253 passing yards, 93 rushing yards. Another huge rushing day for him, and he's doing very well in his first season. He scored a touchdown as well on the ground. 
Uh, David Johnson came alive a little bit. 91 rushing yards, three for 65 catching the ball. It has not been RB1, but I mean, he keep, keeps grinding it out and, and he's staying healthy. So good for him. Larry Fitzgerald, six for 58. Kirk didn't play. And then that seems like that may have hurt Fitzgerald because really nobody did anything receiving wise for them. For the Bengals, Andy Dalton, a super quiet first half, a very good second half where he threw for 262 and two touchdowns. Mixon, 93 yards rushing. Uh, Boyd had a big game after a nothing on Monday night. This is why the NFL is so tough to figure. Zero on Monday night. Then comes back for 10 and 123 in a touchdown yesterday. The Cardinals' pass defense clearly poor. And then out in Tate, uh, three for 26 and a touchdown. And so, Joe, not a lot of takeaway. Just two bad teams here where it came down right to the end and Cardinals kicked the field goal. Looked like the Cardinals were the better team on the field. And Cincinnati falls into that same category that I would use with Atlanta at this point. There are some rumblings that A.J. Green, if he's healthy, could end up getting traded. But again, he's a free agent. So you don't really know what they would end up getting for him. But that would be good news for Boyd owners, I think. I think if if uh, if Green was was traded. But I think in fantasy-wise, if I'm A.J. Green, Joe, there's no reason to come back, right? Like, just maybe just even sit out the year. Like, redshirt the year, right? <laughs> redshirt the old man. If I was him, well, I wouldn't uh, come back. Uh, well, look, you've got to come back to prove that you're healthy enough to get dealt. And I think when you're a, a player like A.J. Green, you know your football career has an expiration date at some point. You want to go to a team that's going to win. And, you know, the best way to get paid is to go to a team that matters and make an impact. And if he thinks he can do that, then he should get back on the field and do that and then get dealt to a team where he could make an impact. And if he does, that's terrific. And all of a sudden, he becomes a much bigger commodity and he can cash in. And probably this would be the last big contract of his career. But he kind of needs to do that. A couple silver lines in this game was the Tyler Boyd 10 catches for 123 and a touchdown. Joe Mixon having almost 20 carries for 93 also. That's Those are positives you can take away in another negative game for the Bengals. But really, this was Kyler Murray, I think, really kind of taking over and taking control. And there were there's always going to be mistakes. But I think overall, when you look back on it, you go, all right, you know, this was this was a good game for Kyler Murray, a game where he made plays where he had to. And then the the 90 yards rushing. I mean, that's what you want. That's why you drafted Kyler Murray. So that was a positive there. You'd like to see him be more proficient in the passing game, though. There's still some things coming around there. And that's why the Gardner Minshew pick looks good, because I think Murray's deficits so far throwing the football or shortcomings. I don't say deficit shortcomings is still work in progress, I think works against him. Yeah, I, I think we need some wins from Minshew to, to make this happen still because Murray is just a popular player. And that was that was that worked against us for sure yesterday, seeing um, Arizona win and yeah, lose. like I but, said, two road games is tough, man. He's not playing the Bengals. Minshew would have beaten the Bengals on the road. No, <laughs> like, look, you know I, I, mean? I, I watched that game very closely yesterday. Yeah, those are good. Minshew played very well. Jacksonville's a good team. It's just uh, look, Cincinnati could have easily won. They were favorites at home. But you have so many teams tanking in the NFL now, like it is just. I mean, you have three teams that look like they want nothing to do with the field. Miami, Washington, and Cincinnati. And that's just a story. I mean, the Jets are 0-5-2. I don't know if it's necessarily their fault or 0-4 because uh, of the quarterback situation. But we'll get to that game next. Uh, best of the first hour coming up. Then in our second hour of the show, we start off with a little Ravens and Steelers. Speaking of a quarterback who likes to run, uh, Lamar Jackson has come back down to earth a little bit. But will that affect his fantasy numbers? That's an interesting question. We'll dive into that. Joe Pizapia and Craig Mish here on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away.
Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. Yet another game that I watch, and I wonder how they do it, because it seemed to me more of an indictment on Dallas than positive on Green Bay. But let's start off with the Packers taking nothing away from Aaron Jones. who rushed for four touchdowns, 107 yards, and 75 receiving yards. The best game of his career for sure. They didn't need Aaron Rodgers. He only threw for 238, no touchdowns. And a quiet day from all the wide receivers on Green Bay, including Allison, including Marquez Scantling, and including Jimmy Graham. Just not much happening. All they did was run the ball, give the ball back to Dallas, and what happened? Every time they got the ball back, Dak Prescott would throw a pick. He threw three on the day yesterday. Fantasy numbers will look great. His reality numbers were not. But in fantasy, do we care? Probably not. 463 yards and two touchdowns. It's a huge fantasy day, but a lot of mistakes in the game. Mari Cooper was an absolute monster in this one, over 200 yards. Michael Gallup also had a great game, 7 for 113 and a touchdown. And Ezekiel Elliott, solid, not spectacular. He'll have some of those spectacular games eventually. 62 yards and a touchdown. Also had some receiving yards to go along with it as well. He'll grade out as a RB1 at the end of the year for sure. So uh, for me, Joe, really good uh, running game on on the uh, Packers side. They just don't need Aaron Rodgers to do his thing. And better yet, they didn't need Devontae Adams at all in this game. A huge win for them going into Dallas and winning. It was. You know, Ezekiel Elliott really needs some of those monster games, though. I think if, if Dallas is going to be successful, it's going to be on the back of Ezekiel Elliott. And and I just I don't think that this is a team that's going to have Super Bowl aspirations by letting Dak Prescott and Mari Cooper kind of be the focal point of the offense. And I'm not saying that that's kind of where it's trending, but they have to figure out a way to get Ezekiel Elliott more action here. 